On this episode of A Soul's Quest podcast, the conclusion of comedian Jason Anders, also known as El Tigre Bacano's interview. Stay tuned. I did a contest at Stand Up New York, May 26, 1993, actually. Okay. I did a comedy competition um, for the funniest college student. Mm-hmm. I dropped out of college. No, I wasn't even in college yet. Mm-hmm. So this was, this was right before I went to Hunter. So I guess I went to Hunter in my like 24, so something like that. 23, okay. 24. Mm-hmm. I went to Hunter right after that. So... <laughs> I, um, I'm like, fuck it. Uh, maybe one day I'll go to college. So let me enter this, you know? So I lied and said I was in college. I get to the contest that night. I had like 17 friends with me mm-hmm. to bring people to get on stage. That's how they make their money. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, everybody had to bring people. The crowd was packed though. Like 150, 180 people stuff. Oh, wow. I remember Judy gold, big, pretty big comedian was on right before us. She, they had a guest pro- pros on before the contest. Um, and I remember this girl, Samantha from my junior high school was there. She was always amazing at, at one woman shows in junior high. She had super confidence performing. Mm. Um, you know, I, I, she's, I guess she, she's funny, you know, but like there was a few people in junior high school that were considered like the class clown, like Malik. And then I became like his apprentice, like there too. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, fuck, it's gonna be hard to beat Sam. Cause she, she's already been doing stand up and doing, you know, super confident performing in people in front of people. Right. And super talented, you know. I always thought she was super talented. So, you know, I remember them downstairs, her friends like, you know, you're gonna win this, you know. And I'm like, fuck. And I'm just like, I can't believe I'm gonna go talk in front of people. Mm. It's horrible. Your nerves you know? must have been crazy. Crazy. And then right before we had I had six minutes ready, which were three two-minute bits. I didn't have like short one-liners. I had two minute, two-minute bits. They say we gotta cut all your sets down to three minutes. We're running oh, out wow. of time. I'm like, how am I gonna do that? Oof. You know, and I'm like, fuck. And then now I got real nervous. Mm-hmm. I go on stage and I just start mumbling some bullshit, you know, like, I don't know what I was saying. Like I just, the crowd was a blur and I just see all my friends cringe. I remember my friend, Peter was my breakdance partner. He's like, Oh my God. You know, like, what am I going to do? I said, and everyone's just staring at me. I'm like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. My first joke. I'm like, it's literally this quiet, like right now, how we are. No, I'm, I'm, I'm waiting. I'm waiting. <laughs> no, no, I'm waiting. no. I'm trying. I'm, I'm trying to relive the moment by not talking to. to experience the, the quietness. This is how it is. You hear this quietness. This is the show. I'm like, <laughs> oh wait, wait. I got uh, anybody here like impressions? And the crowd's like, oh boy. <laughs> you know, because like impression comics. To be a good impression comic, you have to segue really smoothly. Yeah. You can't just be you like impressions. You got to make it witty, like, or you're just going to be like a hack, you know? Like, people aren't going to respect it at all. Right. I'm like, anyone like impressions? And they're like, you know? <laughs> I'm like, okay, here's my impression of a guy destroying his chances with a girl at the last moment. So it's kind of a unique, weird impression, you know? Right. They're looking at me like, what the fuck is he going to do? And I had like a long black rocky balboa leather coat like one of those like cheesy leather coats and um i'm like so uh i had a great night tonight um i'd love to do this again um do you can i get your number or something like um 
it's nice to meet you, whatever. I forgot the exact bit, but nice to meet you. Can I, can I get your number? I'm like, you have a pen? I'm like, wait, I have a pen. Hold on one second. And I reach in my pocket and I pull a pen out and I had like 50 condoms fly all over the audience. Oh, goodness. <laughs> and I even had 12 hanging from the pen, like taped to it. Oh. <laughs> the crowd did not expect that punchline, you know? Yeah. And they just fell out dying in laughter. <laughs> Like for like crying, everybody, 150 people, like because they were so relieved that it was funny and left field. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cause I was coming on horribly. You know, I started that I'm still forgetting my dialogue. I'm so out of it. Like, right. but I have time to think about it because it's still not stopping laughing. Yeah. So I'm like, finally I remember, I'm like, oh, um, whoa, I, I swear to God, these 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 aren't mine. This is I was supposed to say this is my father's coat. <laughs> but I was so nervous. I said, "These cottage are mine." I mean, this is my mother's dress, <laughs> right? But they found it even funnier. Like the, the dress right. made it funnier. Yeah. I, like, I mean, no, I'm joking. I, I don't even use condoms. I mean, on guys, I do. No, no, no. <laughs> I've never been with a guy before. I mean, whether well, there was Joey. I mean, I'm only Joeying, joking. That was a dialogue. <laughs> it was funny dialogue. I'm surprised I still remember it. That's Whoa. hilarious. So that killed. And then uh, I go back into talking and forgetting again, mumbling and then bombing again for a second. And all of a sudden mm. I loosen up. I said, all right, why am I so fucking nervous? <laughs> I said, this is not that hard. Yeah. You know, I said, this is ridiculous. This is really not that hard. What the fuck is my problem? And then they were laughing at that I was loose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I got into my next bit, which was talking about the N word and how white people can't say it. And, and this whole thing, like it was, I did it for seven years until I had a bad experience with it. But, Uh-oh. but I, <laughs> Yeah, I became friends with that comic later on. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I do that joke. And, you know, it was back in the day. I remember saying, like, you know, I was hanging out with a bunch of my black friends. They saw a, bu- they saw a bunch of their black friends. Everyone starts introducing everyone. You know, they're like, they're like, yo, what's up, and Yo, what's up, and Yo, this is my Ann Raheem. This is my Ann Yo, what's up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Mm-hmm. So this yeah. word has a different meaning. As long as you're black, I talk another black. It means, yo, what's up, bro? Or, or yo, mm-hmm. this is my, that's my boy, you know, whatever. It's mm-hmm. my boy, my aunt, you know. But if you're white, don't make the mistake of saying it in front of a bunch of black guys. You don't know. I'm like, yeah. I, you know, so I'm hanging out with them. They're all introducing. Blah, 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 yo, yo, and they get to me and they introduce me the same way. They're like, yo, this is my aunt, Jason. And I'm like, yo, what's up, man? You know, <laughs> I get myself in the head with the mic, knock myself out. I'm laying on the stage. The crowd's crying and laughter. I hear my dad scream. This guy's funny. Like just trying to support, like pretending. Yeah. And then, uh, I'm on the ground. They're dying and laughter. I start to get up. I'm like, yo, 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 chill, man. Yo, yo. I, I go, yo, chill. And boom, I hit myself again. I'm like, yo, this end is crazy. Boom, hit myself again. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, what's up with this hospital, man? There ain't no doctors here. I'm like, yo, where are those ends, right? And then I go, <laughs> boo. You know, like, I'm like, dude. At first I go, dude. Dude. I'm like, what's up with this hospital? Where are, you know, there ain't no doctors here. Where are those ends? And I, you know, it, it was a well-written joke. And, I, you know, I'm saying the word a lot in the joke, but the mm. word, it, the, the joke is, you know, explaining that you should not say that word. Right. Mm-hmm. The moral of the story. It was back in the day, kind of, when the people were really starting to really use the word a lot. It wasn't like nowadays, it's like, that's an old subject. But it was yeah. kind of a fresh subject because Dave Chappelle started doing a bit similar to it, which made me stop doing mine. Mm. like he's already the man in new york yeah. 
was only 18, 19, but I was like, I got to stop doing mine because then they're going to think I'm taking it from him. Yeah. But so then just to keep us, I mean, we can talk, we yeah, can talk to all of our guests this forever, is interesting. but we know we can't keep you forever. But so then this is sort of like you're breaking into the field of comedy at this point, or is that yeah. so you're like, yeah, okay, I saw, I also, so I won the contest. Mm. I was just going to ask what happened with that. And, and then what I happened won. after that? I won. And then I just knew that's where I was going to be. Mm. Okay. Some happiness again. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm happy. I'm just saying it keeps me going. It keeps me focused on something like right yeah. now. I'm not that focused on the comedy. You know, I, I am. I do it. That's my job. Mm-hmm. But I'm focused. I like what I'm doing. You know, it's this on with Tiga de Bacana with the Dominican Republic way more than this. Right. right now. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to we're going to touch on that in a minute. But one of the things that I want to kind of like um, uh, talk, touch on is this is your career now being a comedian yeah. and, and you kind of like found it serendipitous. You know, it, it, you had to try so many different things and then you f- and, and then now you're doing it for as a career. Can you tell us what that process is like? How do you go about creating your content? Where do, where do you find the inspiration? Um, do you write? Is it something that just comes to you and you just talk it out? How is that process of creation for you? I come up with it with friends. I joke, joking around and I jo- put it down on my phone. Then uh, sometimes the jokes are already written. Like it's a one liner that's funny. But a lot of times I always learn from my favorite comedian, J.B. Smooth, when I watch him perform that. That a joke's never finished. In my mind, like it's just okay. never finished. like he, he keeps taking it to other levels. <laughs> like, it's you, you know, so we get lazy. We get a good laugh on a joke and we think it's finished. But then you later on, you find that I could add this to this whole segment and it keeps the flow even better. But I, I just could jot it down on the phone and then I try it on stage. And then if it's good, then I'll sit at home and work on something I already put on my phone. Mm-hmm. But I don't sit home and just try to create. I don't say, OK, I want to do a joke about dogs today and then write a joke. I mean, the only time. I don't do that. Most comics, I don't think do that. Mm-hmm. A lot of comics I know don't do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're hired to be a writer on a TV show and you, the episode's about dogs and that's you have to, you're paid, you have to think about <laughs> stories yeah. from dogs or whatever it is. Yeah. But that's not how I, I, I write creating with good friends. I need that handball court to keep hitting my ideas off and coming back. I get, you know, if I'm with the right friends, I'm so much funnier. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I, you know, sitting home alone, I can't really. I could think of something watching the news, but I don't. A lot of comics read the news or whatever they do. Yeah. A lot of comics are political. Or I don't read the paper a lot. Okay. So I come up with my jokes just randomly and then I work them on stage. Mm. And I come up with jokes improving on stage too. Mm. First four years of comedy, I didn't get paid. I did open mics all around New York. Okay. Free, paying to get on stage. Wow. Whatever I did, I did um, my first show in front of an all black crowd eight months in at Hunter College, mm-hmm. Def Jam promoted night oh. and I rocked it. I have it on tape. Really? Totally different comedian. than when I look at it, I was eight months in. I was it's a weird style. Maybe if I even kept that weird style, I'd be fa- really famous. <laughs> <laughs> but I rocked it and they had me come back like six months later. Like everyone wants you back. They brought me mm. on as a new Jack, you know, new comedian. You know, they had like mm. the headliners after me and I came back with super confidence. But I did like the similar set and mm. got heckled. Mm. Oh, wow. And I remember like. I said, you know, I said, who uh, who, yo, who said that shit? And this dude, like, was quiet. I said, nah, who said that shit? Stand up. As if I had something to say. 
Mm-hmm. And he stood up. He said, I said that shit. I was like, oh, yeah? Yeah? Okay. I had no jokes. <laughs> and everybody started to boo me, right? And I'm like, all right, all right, I lost. Okay, I'm bombed. I can admit it. Uh, yeah. I got real real junior high school. I went right back to Malik and me junior high school. Yeah. Wow. And I said, before I go, can I at least say one more thing? Like, all right, go ahead. All right, I went to the laundry yesterday. When I got my pants back, I had a stain from here. Then I could point to my knee to here. And I grab, I grab my crotch. And I go, scope. I caught you all looking at my dick. And I walked <laughs> And that was my uh, juvenile moment. We used to always say scope when we were in junior high school. Like, what? <laughs> So I still went off hard, you know, on that show. And then that was reality. And then I did a couple other um, black shows then Uptown Comedy Club. Did you, uh, let me ask you this, because I, I grew up watching Uptown Comedy Club. And there was a lot of snapping on that. And, now, and I'm, I'm looking at you and I'm like, wait a minute. He kind of looks familiar because it was a really original show that yeah. really only aired in the five. I wasn't, that was before my era, because uh-huh. I did the Uptown with Monty. Who was okay. like the host of that, and he I became one of his favorites. Like you, uh, but I, I performed with all those guys after that. Everyone you see on that show, I know, you know. But I was just after that, and they they always mm. say Def Jam came from that. Oh, that's true. Um, yeah, so I um I didn't do I just so I do that show. I get boot, boot off of the Uptown Comedy Club. Also, <laughs> I gave the DJ my CD to do music. I end up getting heckled off. I, I ran out of that place so quick. I left my CD with the DJ. Oh my god! Then I rocked another show. I did real well, and then I did. I got booed off at this club called the Peppermint Lounge in Jersey, mm. a known hood room, you know. And that's like I, I showed up to the Peppermint Lounge with so much confidence, like because this guy invited me from the comic strip. I auditioned mm-hmm. and he saw me, and I rocked it. It was a mostly black crowd that night because it was a whole like group of friends that came together, like forty people, and then the rest of the crowd was like fifteen other people mm-hmm. spread out. So it was basically like a black night at the comic strip. And everybody was bombing. This is my audition for the comic strip. And I came on a rock and I was new in comedy, but I rocked. And then he's like, yo, I think you could rock this room in Jersey, all black room called the Peppermint Lounge. I'm like, I'm down. Let's do this shit. You know, he's like, I know the lady that books it. I'll get you on like it's a new comic at the up front. Let's go. Right. So he bring, he picks me up at Newark Penn Station as if I'm like his prodigy, you know? Yeah. He brings me to Peppermint Lounge. I walk in. It's like four or five hundred you know, people, all black. There was one Latina person there. Like she was in the front row. She was cute. And all I'm thinking is I'm going to rock my set. Afterwards, I'm going to I'm going to get her number. We're going to get <laughs> married. We got kids. I had my whole life plan. You it know, already. Wow. wow. That's awesome. Yeah. But everybody was like everything was black in that room. Like the cue ball on the pool table was black. It was ridiculous. <laughs> so I um, we start the uh, they bring me. Oh, no. So I tell the DJ to bring me up to, to house music. Kind of like I opened my first black show at Hunter College. I came on walking runway to gay, you know, like doing this whole thing. I had everyone laughing. Mm-hmm. And, I, and then I, I pull out a bag and I pull out a, a, a gun, like a fake gun. It looked real. And I'm like, uh, I'm like, y'all better laugh at my shit because I ain't fucking around. That's how I opened <laughs> at, at, uh, at Hunter College. I'm like, I'm going to put this shit away in what looks like a gap bag, but this shit is my gap bag, bitches. You know what I put it? <laughs> so that was my opening joke. So I was mm-hmm. going to do the same shit similar to uh, at, at Peppermint Lounge. I told DJ, bring with the house. I was going to come on, except, and then and then I, I put it back in the back. I'm like, all right, I'm only kidding. Enough with the gay shit. You know, who, <laughs> likes, who likes going down on women? Whatever, whatever I did. I did a quick transition. So that was my plan for... um. 
peppermint. So I come on the music. He brings in the first comic goes on and bombs. I'm not gonna say his name, but he bombed. But that's this crowd's a booing crowd. They didn't boo mm. him. They had a regular bomb. Like just mm. no laughs got through it. No boo. Okay. But I'm like, oh, perfect. Like I'm gonna go on and kill this shit now. You know, and I come on and he plays the music and he didn't play the house music I gave. He played Cypress Hill. Oh, I'm walking runway like offbeat to the hip hop. Yeah. I'm like, this doesn't feel right. Like if I was a pro, I would have just came on and be like, oh, that's the wrong fucking music and did my shit. Yeah. Coming on like all of a sudden I'm like, all right, cut the music. I said, this is not the fucking music I wanted, whatever. Right. I said, <laughs> this DJ sucks. And the crowd was like, ooh, their house DJ. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. I'm like, I'm only playing, you know, I love you, Corey. You know, so gave me another chance. And so I said, I'll tell you what's not fierce. I said, Miss Things. And I looked at this, this black lady in the front with a huge, like, beast, bee, beehive hairdo. Beehive hairdo. I'm like, Miss Things, nappy ass hairdo. Like, thinking that was going to be funny. That shit, forget it. Her boyfriend looked like Mike Tyson in a funhouse. <laughs> oh, Lord. Right? Oh, Lord. So he's like, what? And I'm like, what? He's like, what? I'm like, huh? He's like, what? What? So, like, once again, we're back to, like, I'm having flashbacks of my 97 body waves. Yeah. 97 what's back and forth, right? Yep, 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 yep. So by, like, the 97th what, I'm like, yo, this needs to change right now, you know? And I'm like, um, okay. Uh, and then other people start booing, and the boos are everywhere, right? And all of a sudden, I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? I'm like, oh, shit. I got the gun, right? That's what I'm thinking. I had the gun in my back. And this is actually a real 45 pellet gun. It's actually illegal. Mm-hmm. And you can actually kill someone with like, like I had a yeah. pellet gun, but I, I'm like, I pull the gun out. Wow. Right. I pull the gun. Out, I go, yo, shut the fuck up motherfuckers. Right. <laughs> somehow they just instinctively knew it wasn't a real gun, even though technically it was kind of, but they knew it wasn't real. They just fell out. It went from booing to extreme laughter. <laughs> the condoms out. Mm-hmm. Yeah dying in laughter like all 500 fucking cry, like over a minute to i don't know how long they're laughing i just remember the laughter wasn't ending right it's hilarious so now it finally ended the laughter is time for me to go to my next joke mm-hmm. so like all right for my next joke i need a volunteer and the condom like a stupid joke i used to do and they're like boo like it didn't work <laughs> i'm like fuck ruthless, ruthless. Me again? yeah and then i go to pick up the gun i'm like Oh, this isn't going to work again. I'm like, all right, good night. <laughs> I walk up stage, the Puerto Rican girl, my future wife was gone. I don't know. <laughs> my future wife. <laughs> the guy was like, yo, man, the last guy I brought here got booed. I guess I have no say at this club anymore. He's like, sorry. Oh. He still drove me back to Newark Penn Station. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got discouraged and I stopped doing the black rooms for like two solid years. Mm-hmm. That was about two years in when that happened. And then. Mm-hmm. Four years in, I saw this other girl comic that did the mainstream rooms, a female black comic that was always at the main rooms, didn't really do the black circuit. But then she's like, I started doing the black circuit and, it's, you know, I'm doing well. And it's, it's, uh, you should, I said, yeah, I always wanted to come back. Well, I want to come back strong, you know? I don't want to get booed. I want to start getting paid quick. Mm-hmm. Like I've been preparing for the moment. I have like a set I could do. She's like, well, come out with me to Brooklyn. Uh, this guy, Donnell, hosts this room, uh, Palm Court. Donnell is Ashley Larry on, on Chappelle. Ashley Larry, Dave Chappelle, yeah. Wow. He's like, you got this show. And I'm like, all right, fuck it, let's go. So I do it. And this time I came on stage right away, popping, trying to win the crowd over, catering mm-hmm. to the crowd. Wasn't working. Like, they were just looking at me, knew I was catering. 
you know, and I'm like, okay, now I'm bombing again the first two minutes. And then I get loose like I did my first set. I said, what the fuck am I so nervous? Boom, boom, boom. And I won them over and I did decent. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, that wasn't hard. Just be right. myself. Yeah. Because it's a black crowd. Is my personality works with that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so I came back the next week and this time I said, I'm not going to pop up front. I'm just going to have a good, funny joke to open with. And I'm going to save the popping to close with. That's a cherry on top after I yeah. went over. Yeah. I did it that route. And that, hey, I killed. I did great. This other comic, Brooklyn Mike, saw me. He's like, yo, come to my show that the vibes in Brooklyn, Bed Stuy. I think it was Bed Stuy. He's like, come out there. And then I did the vibe, rocked it. Then we all went to, I don't know if that was best. I don't know where that was. But then I know a couple months in, we all went to do this show club called The Lab in Bed-Stuy. Meaning mm -hmm. Capone was a host. And I'm like, all right. So we all went on. No one was really doing well that night. I went, I got a standing O that night. You yeah. know, and Capone was like, where the fuck did you come from? Wow. <laughs> like, yo, I want you to do my room in the Bronx, uh, Bronx BBQ on Saturday night at midnight. I said, damn, how do I get out there? So you take the train. He said, fuck that. I'm going to pick you up, bro. Wow. You know, I got, I'll got. i pick you up in the Mercedes. I'm going to pick you up wherever you live. I'm going to drive you out there. Like I was really like his prodigy. Like I was the other guy's prodigy. <laughs> yeah. Malik's prodigy. Yeah. Or Malik and the guy that brought me to Peppermint Lounge that I, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. failed. Where I failed. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, it's like 11 at night. I'm like, mom, I'm going out. Uh, where are you going at this time? You know, I was back home. I moved back home because they got divorced. My dad and mom got divorced. My dad took over my new apartment that was on 87th. Mm -hmm. Now I had to go back home because he was staying there. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like, she, I'm like, Ma, um, I gotta go to the Bronx. Like, Bronx. I said, Yeah, what are you doing in the Bronx? I said, I said, don't worry, um, Capone's gonna pick me up. Capone. <laughs> wait, wait, yeah, no, it's safe, it's safe. You got a nice brand new Mercedes. We're good. What? <laughs> I said, yeah, don't worry, Capone. I think he's coming with Sleepy Floyd and, uh, you know, like naming all these comics. And uh, my friend Welfare Fred's going to be up there. He's like, what the fuck is going on? You know? <laughs> so, so I go up there and I rock that first show. Mm -hmm. You know, I killed it. You do eight minutes, like in the middle of 400 people in a little five by five little square stage. Wow. Mike comes from the ceiling, almost like you're. In the boxing, boxing match. Wow. wow. Everyone's surrounding, just eating and fucking ready to throw shit at you, you know? And I rocked it. I had bad sets there too, but I had a pretty good average there, you know? Mm -hmm. That room was famous for being tough. And then Capone, you know, he put me on some other stuff. And then I got confident. I started getting paid six months in because mm -hmm. I, I came, my goal of coming back strong worked. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had bad sets, but I was pretty much at a tight 15 20 which mm -hmm. is all you needed to get hired to make your little hundred dollars in separate rooms. And then I got on BET comic view in 99 Nice, rock that. And then I did mm -hmm. BET comic view three more times. And I really became part of that circuit. There was like a main, like five, 10 white guys that were the main white guys that get booked to do the, the black rooms. And that was my life for years. Mm -hmm. um, awesome. I did the showtime at the Apollo and ate bad boys of comedy with P Diddy and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah an idea called white boys you know for all the main white guys to do the circuit someone else kind of ran with my idea we had a big beef with that uh -huh. um maybe it was a misunderstanding i don't know but um it ended up being you know that that i don't even want to talk about that thing that much but that yeah. that was another show i did so for like 12 years i was my niche was doing the black rooms mm -hmm. That's cool. The Apollo was definitely one of my favorite moments. How was that? Because that's not a lot of people get to perform mm -hmm. at the Apollo 
and, no, and, it's, no. and it's so traditionally roofless. Yeah. Uh, so tell great. us about that. Um, his manager submitted me to get on it. I always wanted to be on it as a kid. I wanted to pop on it. So it was perfect because I did comedy and I used my popping jokes. I got two birds with one stone with that. Oh, one. sweet. He submitted me, but then they were going to book me. Then they, they didn't really want it. They weren't sure. Mm-hmm. I was still technically booked. But the guy he booked a month earlier, White Comet, got booed off. So they're a little skeptical. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Capone was a warm up guy. So he's like, nah, Jason's going to rip it. Just put him on it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I can't, they put me on it. And then for three months, I knew I was booked. So I was just, oh, that's all I could think about every day. Like, wow, what if I get booed off? Like, it's only six minutes. It's a hood crowd that you have to be clean in front of. Yeah. Yeah. We do the hood rooms. We're used to just being dirty or crazy. You have to actually be clean, family friendly humor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A crowd that wants, you know, doesn't want that shit. Yeah. You know, so I show up to the Apollo final and like all the hundreds of thousands of people I performed in front of live can be erased with one aired bomb set. Mm-hmm. Millions will see me bomb, you know? Yeah. I show up. I always, you know, when I ever did these shows, I always dressed like a total white boy, button down shirt, whatever. Like I didn't want to look like I'm trying to yeah. be street. I wanted to surprise people with my humor. Mm-hmm. So I show up there and I'm in the waiting room waiting and, and in the dressing room. And I had my, uh, I brought extra sneakers with me. These like rip Pumas just to rock, just to wear backstage. Mm-hmm. I had nice like shoes waiting. And they're finally like, all right, you're on in 10 minutes. And I'm like, Oh fuck, let me go get my uh my shoes. And I go to the dressing room and I can't find my shoes. Like, Yo, where the fuck are my shoes? I, mean, <laughs> I can't go on stage with these ripped pumas. I won't even get to joke number one. They're gonna have <laughs> I said, where are my shoes? And no one's listening to me backstage. No one cared. I'm panicking, running around. Yeah, anyone see shoes? Anyone see these shoes? And it was like, no, no, no. And I was going up to people that looked like they had my size. I'm like, can I can I borrow your shoes? <laughs> like, I went crazy. Right. I was having a fucking panic attack and finally one of the producers like, what did, what did they look? Like? I said, they were in like in a Nietzsche little plastic bag. She's like, oh, I found them. I said, you did. Where'd you find them? She's like, I found them in your dressing room and I brought them downstairs. I'm like, why would you bring my shoes out of my dressing room? Yeah. You know, and I get my shoes on. I tie them up. And all that stress went away because I was so nervous about doing the set. But then that made me super nervous. Like I wasn't even mm. getting a chance to get to my jokes. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it was a blessing in disguise because once I had my shoes on, I wasn't nervous anymore. I was like, okay. now it's to me. Huh. I went on right after Fat Joe and the Terror Squad. They rapped. Ooh. Wow. Yes, well, of course. Yeah. So I followed. No, I, they rapped that night, but, but I, I followed them. Big Pun wasn't there. Mm. Uh, what's his sidekick's name? Like Cuban Links. I think it was Cuban Links. Cuban was there, but the other guy that's like has a pot, like gun something or speedy something or. I don't remember. Now. I don't. I can't blame. I don't remember. Name, right? I don't remember his name. Anyway, I remember him there. I remember bumping him on the stairs. I didn't talk to them though. And these three eleven-year-old uh, uh, black girls doing a uh, double dutch went on before them. So this is what I'm following, you know. Mm. By the way, I still say my this black girl or this black kid. Like I, I can't say African American. I feel more racist saying that. Yeah. I don't know why. I feel like when I see people say that, I feel like they're just trying way too hard and i know so i hate that you're my african-american friend i'm like okay you're right. yeah yeah <laughs> yeah you know what i mean yeah yeah like, totally an american girl <laughs> all right you have a fetish <laughs> <laughs> i was out with this black chick last night you know whatever you know yeah 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 anyway 
Um, so, so you follow the, the, the double Dutch girls, the terror squad. What yeah, happened? And I ripped. I got a standing ovation at the awesome. Apollo. And I was a guest. I wasn't an amateur night. It was I was a guest like the Sandman wasn't working that night. He was a friend of mine and he was on the sides there to support me. Dressing awesome. Awesome. I don't know. I guess if I bomb, I'd have to walk off on my own. Monique was hosting. She came up after she's like, you came and you ripped this shit down. You know, <laughs> it was it was the best. Mo- it was like to me, it was my graduation from That's the black. Comedy. It was my black belt in the black comedy circuit. Like because I was just doing that. I wanted to master it. I wanted to. Yeah. I never got to finish things in life. Like I got injured. I quit. But I never got to be the popper I wanted. I never got to be the ballet dancer. I wanted. never got to be yeah. the pool player I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was like, if I just, I needed to at least get that to feel like I kind of like solidified my time in that circuit. Whatever yeah. happens from now on, I got the Apollo. Yeah. yeah. I still do the rooms whenever I can. You know, I still do them. I'm just not, I do everything now. I, yeah. I, that, that was a moment where now I'm going to spread my wings a little bit. Do more okay. mainstream clubs and. That's cool. And that's a perfect segue to get to. Yeah, because uh, I want to know now. I'm vi- I've been waiting for this, can, this can whole you, time. Can you say it? Your ho- can you say it? Can I say what? El Tigre de Bacano. No. No. Yes, you can. No. You can say it. No. Say it. Why would I say that? You, she, 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 you have great Spanish. El Tigre de Bacano. Let's talk about that. I want to know what you're doing. What what I want to know. You said earlier today which I, we almost went into earlier, but now I want to, I've been waiting for this. What it was, why, how are you Dominican now? <laughs> no, no, no. You're Dominican now. Era, era el tigre bacano. El tigre, okay, sorry. El tigre okay. bacano, sorry. Okay, I'm saying it. Ay, ta, ay, ta, He's making ta, fun ay. of my Spanish. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I don't speak fluent, fluent Spanish. I understand it 100%. Um, and I can hang. You can drop me off in any Spanish country and I'm going to be just fine. She's fine. But, um, Sometimes I'll say certain things wrong. I get the masculine feminine a little backwards uh-huh. or sometimes I'll, even he forgets how to speak in Spanish and I have to tell him. So I'm pretty, pretty <laughs> fluent, but he likes to give me a hard time. So anyway, and I'm afraid to talk in front of people. I'm deathly Acting afraid of that. Sucks, but I'm yeah. not afraid to speak it just because no one expects much from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I wasn't expecting that. But so tell me, no, how are you expect? I could fail with Spanish. I'm not. Yeah. Let's no, see. I think nah. it's pretty awesome, though. So nah. I want to hear about this party. What are you doing now? What's up? Well, I did the. Um, for years, I was performing on the cruise ships. Um, I still do. That's most of my money. Um, but I was depressed on the ships because you're not really around doing auditions or doing anything. Mm-hmm. Kind of stuck. OK, I'm making it finally making a consistent check doing comedy, but I'm going to go nowhere in life. I'm never going to. Really, you know, that's how you feel. Mm-hmm. My comedy reel with all my TV stuff was doing really well on YouTube. It was like almost about to hit a million views and then they cut it off because the person that owned one of my clips from HBO, my 30 second clip that was mixed on it, started his own channel and had YouTube police anyone with clips. So it got cut off. Wow. While the cruise. I was wow. getting, you know, a good thousand views a day. It was adding up. Yeah. And I was getting uh, recognized on the street from that YouTube video, which was like, that was my only thing mm-hmm. that I had. <laughs> That made me feel good about myself. And then it got cut off. I had an email from YouTube saying they had to take the video down. Uh, wow. Now I'm like, motherfucker, you know, and then, and then a little soon later, I, I realized, you know, I have these uh, comedian friends that are Dominican, Tommy Pena, mm. um, Ivan Benito. They, um, I don't know if you know them. Do you know them? Uh, not personally. Uh, no, I've, no I've, uh, I've seen them, but I'm not. No, no. They have a group called that's Dominican. And so I, um, they were doing a lot of skits and I wanted to learn how to do them. 
Mm-hmm. I want to get my social media started, like Instagram, all that. So I, I called him. I was like, yo, I want to start doing skits. He's like, yo, whatever, bro. I got you. Just come down. So we started filming a lot of stuff. And I did a bunch of different characters. Gay character, hillbilly, Italian, thug, <laughs> and the Spanish dude, the Dominican dude. But of course, they're following as Dominicans. So which character is mm-hmm. going to do well? Is the white guy doing the Spanish. Yeah. I started getting some following, you know, 600 followers. And, you know, we got like a thousand from one video. I'm like, this is moving. This is cool. And then I went to, uh, I got up to like 17,000. And then I went to DR to test the fame a little bit. And some people mm-hmm. knew me, you know, here and there. So I'm like, uh, fuck, I guess my page is going to come all Dominican. So I came back to New York and I filmed a video in Times Square. I was bored. It was snowing out, just complaining about the snow with my umbrella, you know, like, Odio este país, you know, extraño mi país, República Dominicana. Um, Odio esa, mira, mira, and I'm looking at the snow. I'm like, mira esa mierda cayendo del cielo. You know? <laughs> That's <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> you know? And I just posted it random. I just said, I need a video today to post. And I mm-hmm. posted the next day. I was hosting a show in Spanish Harlem. This comedian Imagine. It was for uh, Violeta's um, dance troupe. And uh, I'm getting all, like, I look at my Instagram and I just see, like, follows, 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 you know? Yeah. Like, what the fuck is going on? And I told Text Time, he's like, your video is viral on WhatsApp right now. Everybody's sharing it. But then no one shared my name. So people had to find my, my page through the comments. Mm-hmm. If they would have shared my name, I got 20,000 followers at more that week, but I would have had hundreds of thousands, you know? Yeah. Like that was, that was my moment. Like I have 105 now, but it's slow now. It's just not, it's stopped, you know? It's just like, um, that was the moment where I should have been at a half a million. Like mm-hmm. now it's really hard to go viral. Like on Instagram, you got to really TikTok it's a little more possible. Yeah. So I, anyway, it was still good. And now I'm like, my page is becoming Dominican. So then I started going to DR every three mm-hmm. months, filming a ton of stuff in the hoods and getting on tons of TV shows and everything. And then I did a video defending the country and the tourists were dying at the resorts, mm-hmm. supposedly from the mini bar. Like eight <laughs> supposedly. Allegedly, right? Allegedly. allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, yeah. yeah allegedly. Can, yeah. So. <laughs> Hilarious. But um, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Like, I don't believe that they're really dying from the mini bar. No. But let me ask you this. What is it about because you go there quite often and I've yeah. seen a lot of videos of you going over there first? What is it about the culture that that you gravitate towards so much towards because you, you really like it and they really have embraced you from what I've seen? Yeah. Like, what is it about that culture that like that you like? So much? There. At first, it was the women, you know, <laughs> well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the women, like we talked about earlier, inspire <laughs> everything. They're, they're <laughs> our inspiration, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, for some guys, the men, you know, it depends. Yeah. yeah. Whatever we're attracted to, whatever operation sexually yeah. to, to work. So right. that's yeah. your motivation. Yeah. True. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I visit my cousin lives out there. My cousin lives in BJ Medjet since 2000. Officially oh, wow. Since 2005. Hmm. He's a doctor in the States. He works in the States part-time and then lives there. So he pretty much works three, four months a year and lives there at least eight, nine without working at all. He's a bachetero. He plays bachata. Oh, wow. wow. Really? That's awesome. Half Jewish, half Puerto Rican. His dad's the one that invented hydrosurge, the dog washing machine. That, the dog, wow. Yeah, nice. Helped my dog's mange, which is the reason why my dad went from, he became a dog groomer, went from diamond setting to dog grooming. Back to dog grooming. 
<laughs> yeah, it <laughs> helped. Circle here. Started That's... grooming dogs in the neighborhood at work, and then he just went to school for grooming and then became a groomer. Oh wow! So, so I visit my cousin. He's like, "Yo, you like Latinas? Come out to Dominican Republic. Every girl's Latina here." <laughs> So I'm like, oh, this sounds like a good idea. So I went to visit him, but I didn't know any Spanish. I knew hola and adios. Yeah. So I had enough Spanish to, to start and end the conversation with a woman, you know? Mm-hmm. For like an hour, I'd be like, hola in like a million different ways. Like, hola, 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 hola. You know? And finally, she'll be like, adios. adios. <laughs> I don't even get to use my second word. She used it for me. Um <laughs> But the whole time we met, I met this hot girl in Boca Chica and I, I couldn't speak any. I was just staring at her the whole time my mm-hmm. cousin, with my cousin. So he had to translate for me. Then he had to call her for me. And then he got her number. Well, he got her number for me. Then he called her for me. And he probably slept with her for me, too, because he's a good <laughs> my cousin's good people, you know, so he probably did that. he's good people, right? Keeps it in the family. He keeps it in the family. Yeah, he keeps it in the family, which is nice. Yeah. So I came back and started. I started I signed up for a Spanish school that my mom always wanted me to go to. But I didn't want to. I didn't care about Spanish as a kid because all the Latinas in my neighborhood spoke English. Mm-hmm. So I went back to speak Spanish for what? Yeah. Right. Up with English. Yeah. You know, like and it wasn't until I was older, I realized most of the Latinos around the world, the beautiful ones don't speak English. Correct. You no, know, but my teacher should have knew that when I was a kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he should have sat me down and been like, Jason, listen, you want to grow up to be a sick pervert that grows, you know, that flies four hours to a foreign Latin country just so you could get women. And you, and you can't get any because you don't know how to say you don't know the language. Huh? <laughs> you know, Cuanto es? Oh, <laughs> do your homework. Right. That would have been motivation. <laughs> yeah. So <sighs> I um. I started going, I started, I went to school for a year and a half, a year and three months. And then I just started dating girls online and meeting them and speaking Spanish and kept going back and forth for 10 years. I was just going to DR two, three times a year just to hang out and have fun. So it happened organically, like all the mm-hmm. Dominican stuff. Like it just came out of my love for the country that, that Tigre Bacano became big. It was never my goal to be famous there. I just like going there to enjoy it. You know? mm-hmm. Never for a second was it my goal to be famous there. How did you come up with that name? Tommy named me Tigre de Bacano. He said, you know, it's getting popular. You need a name for that character. Yeah, man. Tigre de Bacano. (laughs) Okay. People have used that before. Mm -hmm. It's not like super unique. The um, Tigre is a real common. Just call him Tigre. Tigre, yeah. Tigre. Mm -hmm. Tigre de Bacano, though, you know, it's not that common. And Mm -hmm. I'm the only one that really made the name famous by making do using it constantly with comedy and everything so yeah. i got it trademarked you know really oh, cool. trademarked in dominican republic yeah um so it became you know it became something through that and i don't really make money i'm an idiot with social media my <laughs> youtube and facebook page are nothing but my instagram and tiktok are, fun, are good mm-hmm. but you know i've also been on so many other people's pages and stuff I did Dominicans Got Talent. When I defended the country, the tourists, I did a video that went viral defending, saying more violence happened in New York than DR. Yeah. And it's bullshit, all this, you know. Mm-hmm. So that went viral as hell. Now, one of the things, like two things that you that I know that you do is that you go to some of the poorest neighborhoods in the country. Yeah. And, and you see that level of poverty that a lot of people in the States cannot really relate to. And, right. and there's things that you're doing over there. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? 
Yeah, I um. Please, God, I know this is something personal that you really well, look, don't. I knew, I knew the videos in the hood were were, were better because it's such a contrast between me and that. Mm-hmm. But I also enjoy being there more. I find um, just I like being around the nor- just pe- normal people more. People mm-hmm. like I don't know. I just I just I just like it. I don't want to live there. I don't want to live in a shack, mm-hmm. or a chosa, whatever you know. I don't want to live mm-hmm. in one. Like chosa, I, yeah. I find people more real there, and I you get. Um, the videos are way more interesting. Yeah. So I, you know, I started doing charities there too. You know, we built this lady a house. This old lady that lived next to my ex first girlfriend there. Mm-hmm. She lived in a sh- like a shack, you know, with with scene like the metal roof and yep, mm-hmm. yeah, um, garbage everywhere. You know, bathroom outside, everyone shares privy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I call this this charity Jompea May. They're a real big charity out there, maybe the biggest one. I, I just wrote them. I said, I want to help with something, you know. And she said, okay, mm-hmm. we got these charity. We got this, this. You could do this, that. You know, for six grand, we could build someone a one-bedroom house. I said, that I want to do. Let's build yeah. a house. Yeah. And she said, well, we got to find someone now. I said, I got the person. I said, oh, Leah, help me with some comedy videos before. She lives right next to my ex. Mm-hmm. Let's build her the house, you know. Mm-hmm. So she said, okay, we got the money to get, we did the videos, built the money up. We got the money together. It was ready. So I went and surprised her and told her, you know, we're going to build you a house. It's wow. like ridiculous. And she ended up and we built her the house. Um, I find her daughter. I didn't like her daughter that much. I, I felt like she was, they ended up her husband, her daughter's husband ended up helping like build the house, but he got paid to do it. Mm-hmm. They stole like paint to build mm. paint their own house and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was a schemey. It's like, we're building your mom a house that, that because she needs a house because you live in a normal house right next to her shack, which is yeah. so now the daughter is the owner of the house, which annoys me because mm-hmm. the mom died. She, she died eight months after we built her the house. Oh wow. oh, wow. But she lived 88 years, almost 89, you know, like with nothing. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden some random strangers building a house. She saw a moment of something, you know, she experienced an amazing moment. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. And, and that's that's, that's something possible to build everyone a place. Like you can get that money. Six yeah. in the house. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's you know, not bad at all. And it's four people. Let's say four people. Right, you know. Yeah, it's a lot of money, but it's there. This, this, you know. But you can. It's, it's doable. Yeah. Cool for like, I always fantasize about winning like three hundred million dollars or something. <laughs> Just and build houses all over. Shit, like yeah, build. Yeah. Yeah, that would be awesome. But, um, I wouldn't use it all though. If I'm winning three hundred mil. DR's not getting all of that. No. no, 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 of course not. <laughs> They're going to get a lot of it. There yeah. you go. You know what I mean? They're going to yeah, get, of course. You can't just, you just have to spend almost, you almost got to spend the interest you make on that to help every year. Yeah. yeah. Say, oh, let me take a hundred million, throw that away. It's almost, I don't, you know, I don't know how money works well because I'm bad with it. Yeah. <laughs> I know that, you know, but I would yeah. love, that's always a fantasy of mine. Yeah. To like, you know, make sure everyone has a place. Yeah. Yeah. So, not bad. Not a bad thing. Yeah, I'm going to try to start a foundation. Someone, um, a friend, Sandra Castillo, is, is supposed to help me start my foundation in DR. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to do a video that I, I spent six hours filming yesterday. Very frustrating day. Mm. That I don't like anything I filmed, so I got to do that because they're going to put a <laughs> big, um, they're having a huge thing with all the foundations this week. Mm-hmm. Wants to put my me saying some words on the screen. Oh, so, awesome. It's for kids, mm-hmm. all stuff for kids. I did stuff for kids too. We gave out toys to kids, you know, uh, sick kids in the hospital during Christmas. And I, I helped another guy fix his house, this old blind guy. 
fixing it was stuffed with garbage and rats and everything. Wow. New bed, fan, cleaned his whole house, painted it, got nice. him a new roof. Nice. For like fourteen hundred bucks that I did on GoFundMe. Oh wow. wow. He ended up dying too. Wow. I guess if you want someone killed, have me do a charity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um <laughs> we know who to stay away from right now. <laughs> Just yeah. kidding. No, but I think I, I want to involve myself more with kids because the oldest saying, you know, kids are our future and, mm. and kids, you know, live longer. Yeah. Um, I just mean, I just want, I just, but I love it. Like, I don't have my own kids, but I just, I just, when I went to visit these kids at the hospital, like it just kids are the best. So I just want yeah. to help kids. Yeah. What am I doing? Charity for animals too. I love animals. Right. They're more innocent than kids almost. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. But kids are the choice and that's, that's what I'm going to be working on. Yeah. So from a lot, there's a lot of people that grew up in New York, uh, grew up in the States um, and they, they have, they have accessibility and options when it comes to, to things that other countries don't have. And, but culturally we, 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 we're right now at a stage of really critical, critical situations I think in the States in which we are too separate. Is there something that people could learn from a tiny island like Dominican Republic in terms of of unity, of 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 not having much but being happy and being real? Is there anything that the, that us here living in the states uh, concerns so much about separation that could learn from a little island like that? We're we're too stubborn. I don't think we'll learn anything. But um, <laughs> it's just um, I guess to treat life more like a party. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Get your work done, you know, but, but, but have fun. We live once, you know, yeah. enjoy your day more. Yeah. Um, I find in, in New York, I find the poor people, people, I mean, the, the people in DR in the, in the Barrios are um, happier on average than people with money in the States. Mm -hmm. And I think because there's a lot less jealousy. Because for example, you go to my neighborhood, I live in Hudson, near Hudson, in Hudson Yards, you could go to 25th, there's like billionaire buildings on one side of the street and the projects on the other. Mm -hmm. You just look out your window and see what you don't have. Yeah. yeah. In the hood, everyone's equal, mm -hmm. you know, and those mm -hmm. everyone got the same horrible shack and people are just equal. You're just seeing like, you know, maybe you get jealous if you, if you go out of the hood, but a lot of them don't leave the hood. Yeah. See, it's consistent. So yeah, they might have moments of jealousy where they see something, they got to go somewhere, but mm -hmm. it's pretty consistent. No one has shit. Mm -hmm. yeah. All of us don't have shit. Let's just try to do the best we can with that. But here yeah. you see how much better life can get mm -hmm. in a lot of places in the world. Yeah. So that's why I think a lot of people just, Now, then you got the hood, like in New York City, which is consistently kind of poor in the hood, mm. but you still, people still have access to TV and the internet and so many things. I mean, a lot of people in these barriers don't have phones and don't have much access. Mm. They're not really watching much. Yeah. yeah. There's no sanitation. It's, it's, there's no. It's almost like that, that when I think about what you just said. Um, about being happy and whatnot. It's almost like that level of um, existence that they have in the, on the Island or in the Dominican Republic is what brings that 
that's their inclusion. That's how they come together and they celebrate what they do have. They celebrate life. They celebrate each other. You know what I mean? If that makes sense. Yeah. Just, it makes sense. Yeah. They're just all it, happy all the time, but they're yeah. happy. I'm, yeah. That's the one thing that I got when I went there for the first time. I went there for the first time in 2009. And that was the one thing that I get from that is when I came home and I took a shower in my Roman bathtub and with hot water and not out of a, a, a cool, yeah, you know, like a, my first trip. Yeah. The garbage I, yeah. 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 And it was just like, and we were treated well when we went there and that's how we took baths. And I just, that appreciation for their lifestyle, that this is their, this is what they have. And, and they're, they're happy. They're it, for all intents and purposes, happier than we are. You know what I mean? Cause they don't have to deal with all the bullshit and all that stuff that we do, you know, it's definitely happier on average than we are. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that there. And, you know, I, I mean, everything I do. I mean, they've given me my love for that country as is coming back. It's being returned by mm-hmm. them, by the people there, my fans and everything. Yeah. Which has fully inspired me to just pursue this for maybe the rest of my life. You know what I mean? It's just and do these awesome. charities there and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's, that's interesting. Cause I feel like again, with, when we do all these um, interviews, people sort of transition us into um, our phases mm-hmm. here. And like I said, we could talk to you for hours. I'm yeah. sure I would love to spend time with you, you but um, he's, he's got to get a, uh, he's booster. Later. You need, Oh, that's true. <laughs> so yeah. Video done. It's stressing me. The yeah. Hell. You're, you're, you got a lot going on. So we, you know, just to bring us to a place where we close at this point, we're, um, we just want to kind of reflect on the highlights of your life because you've shared highlights of your life. Cause I know there's so much more to Jason than what you right. shared. And, um, Omar is, he generally takes over this part, but he's developed this reflection. And so I'll let him explain what it is. Yeah. So one of the things that I, that I like to do is, uh, you know, your, your, this interview is, is being kind of biograph biographical kind of like looking at the progression on your life. And, and I've always believed that uh, we don't have, we don't take enough time to kind of like reflect and, and, and look at the things that we've, that we've done. So this QR reflection is kind of, it's, it's an acronym. It's a Latin word that means things that become known to us and the What's things the that we're S C I A R. And it's Latin for known the things that have become known to us. And I want to kind of like reflect on a few things that have stood out for me when I'm listening to you. Um, first, you spend you 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 deal with a lot of adversity uh, in finding your path to being becoming a comedian, and and that's been uh, setbacks. You found um, break dancing, and that didn't and ballet that didn't work out because of physical limitations. Pool, same thing, and eventually you you found. Um, comedy mm-hmm. in that quest in that journey to find where you are you spend a lot of times by yourself thinking doubting uh, figuring out what's next what are the lessons that you've learned from going through those dark places in which you had to reassess and create a new identity for yourself what are the major lessons learned from that that there's always positivity waiting around the corner. And no matter how depressed you get, usually you'll be okay. You'll always be okay until you're not. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So never Pretty lose. simple, but truth. <laughs> yeah, just never lose. Never let yourself get too depressed. Even if you're sick or whatever it is, like, especially if, if until that point, you've always ended up getting better. What's the point of being super depressed? Just feel mm-hmm. like, 
try to believe that you're going to be better again. There is going to be a day where we're not, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But that's how, you know, I'm always depressed because I'm always thinking this is it. If you can get that mindset out of your brain, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. then that's a, that's a, that's a one good way to find some happiness. Just keep moving forward. Keep focusing on something. Keep working hard on whatever it is. There's something's going to come, you know, because once you just give up on, like, focus on different things, mm-hmm. you know, work on different things. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. That's mm-hmm. always a mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do that. I'm good. You know, I make a lot of mistakes, but I know how to give good advice, but I don't yeah. take good advice. Hey, yeah. that's life, right? That's, you gotta, yeah. Yeah. Like, I put my all my eggs in the comedy basket during the mm-hmm. pandemic. I'm like, fuck when the unemployment was come, going i'm like i a day job what the hell can i do yeah. <laughs> can't work yeah you know yeah. Mm. yeah there's there's something else that i noticed uh, that is consistent and i really like this part about you is um you know we always have the the tried and true method uh the education system that that's been developed and 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 put force toward you know for us but there's always been that rebellious aspect on your of your nature in which you want to carve your own path and and you were very very strong-headed when you found those paths what do you attribute that to because that's a that's a beautiful life thing it's almost like art you know you grew up in a very artistic uh, environment and but you had that passion that when you found something, you you stuck with it and you did never let anybody kind of like sway you from that. What do you attribute that to? Well, I guess if we go back to the through the whole conversation to finally real when I finally realized that finding some sort of happiness was to, like like was finding something that I really liked and wanted to do mm-hmm. that kept me, you know, um, from being super depressed. So I, um, once, you know, once that's why I get, I just want to do what I want to do. because I know that's the only way I have a chance of, of reaching happiness. Mm-hmm. So I just, that's, that's my rebellious side. Like I'm no, fuck that. I'm not going to be happy if I listen to you. I know what yeah. I need to do. I need know what I need to do to have a chance at not being suicidal. Yeah. yeah. It ain't going to be what you told me to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's courageous to do yeah, that. Yeah, that is. It's, it takes a lot of courage, I think, to to say this is what I'm going to do because you don't know what's going to happen. What's the end result, right? And you've yeah, had well, these- have physically abusive parents that were like, "Fuck that," you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so they actually gave me some freedom to. Yeah. Be <laughs> to be rebellious, yeah, and then that's important. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and that's, I mean, that comes with a, with the the pluses and the minuses because you know you feel depressed when you don't feel on purpose, but you have the power to continue once you find that path, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a that's a beautiful gift. So speaking of gifts, my next question is this: um, in the midst of all the things that 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 are happening in your journey and your quest, there's always been. Uh, some helping hands, right? Some some people that have come and come across and and guide you. Um, Malik, for instance, uh, Sue, Gordon. You mentioned her that um, you you yeah, talk she about people guide me, guide me. But she was definitely part of the road. She 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 didn't know she guided me. She didn't try to guide me. Mm-hmm. She didn't help me. You know what I'm saying? It was just mm-hmm. God put her there. Yeah, yeah. To help me. I mean, it wasn't like she. You know what I mean? But Malik definitely 
was a huge guy. And he helped me. We became good friends. But Suits, yeah, okay, you could put her in there. Yeah, yeah. You, you mentioned uh, Peter. You, you mentioned so many great people that came across yeah. your, your path. And they helped you in one way or, the, or, or another. Tommy, I, Tommy, you know, big time. Big Tommy, crazy. yes. So, so tell us about that. Tell us about what did you, how do you make sense of that? I think it happens with most of us in life. We could all tell that story. Mm -hmm. I would think I mean, if you can't, I mean, then you did nothing with your life. I mean, I think most people, even failures have moments in their life that, you know, that, that change that help change or people that inspire them to do different things, you know, even so, if they don't know they're uh, doing anything for you, they're doing something right. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Yeah. yeah no. A lot of times we don't even know until we think about it. Yeah. 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 But those are the people that, you know, you name like, you know, there were big parts, big transitions. Yeah. For comedy. Mm -hmm. You know, and my dance teacher there to tell me to audition mm -hmm. for, for performing arts. My first dance teacher to help me to give me inspiration and think I'm good. Yeah. Keep going. The guy, Robert Lindgren, to get me in School of American Ballet. That was a big deal. Mm -hmm. People I met at the pool hall, you know, working at the pool hall, and then the comics I met. It gave me that confidence mm -hmm. and then Capone, you know, just meeting him and, and going there. Cause my first sketch group, I was in a sketch group with Donnell and all that. It was cool. They put me in because I was a white guy at the time. Maybe they mm -hmm. thought I was funny, but Capone really had confidence in me back then, you know, mm -hmm. in my funny game. And then it keeps going on and on, you know, yeah. and then, you know, Tommy was big with, with Tiga Bacano, but then there was other stuff that happened with Tiga Bacano too. That was, you know, I met some amazing people mm -hmm. in the Dominican Republic some amazing friends when the mayor picked me up it's when the mayor's team picked me up at santiago my first trip there that was one of the best moments of my life oh wow i just posted i'm going to santiago i want to meet my fans at the monument mm -hmm. the mayor's team wrote me on instagram like hey you coming out here We're, we'll take you uh we want to show you santiago santiago and i looked at their pages you know they don't have many followers but they just work for you know yeah and i asked my ex-girlfriend out there can you look at their pages and see if they're legit and i'm not about to get kidnapped <laughs> you know because yeah. that's a thing they, you gotta be careful yeah they seem real you know no because they're talking about picking me up and driving yeah. me around i'm like i'm not getting in your fucking car if i don't really know you know yeah so they're like yeah they seem legit so i said yeah i'm going out there this date they said well give me the exact itinerary we need to know when you're going out you know when you're arriving at the airport send us all your stuff so I send it to them I arrived to the airport. I'm in the back of the, the, the um, customs lines. I was on the back of the plane and, and two security came up, grabbed me and pulled me right through the line and through security. Nice. You know, plan. They had a huge plan for me. And then they had camera people waiting. They mm. gave me like a Dominican hat for to represent the mayor and all this stuff. And they, they had a outside. We get to where everyone's waiting outside for you at the airport, mm -hmm. walking. And all of a sudden I hear music. I see people walking towards me with a huge Dominican flag and a whole band playing music for me. Oh, wow. You know, and then they had a truck waiting for me. And then uh, they had uh, uh, beers and food in the truck for me and all, you know, the girls, wait, whatever they had. Not not like they had girls waiting for me, but they had, you know, there was just a lot of the know, dance, yeah. girls there. The band were driving around. They would take me all over Santiago to film me. You know, it's a, it's a mutual thing because. I know the point of it is, you know, okay, this is great. We're going to get this American guy loves Dominican culture and mm -hmm. he's going to promote all of his social media. It's going to make the mayor look great, blah, blah, mm -hmm. blah. I know that side of it, but at the same time, I know these people now well, and they're real legitimate, good people, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So, and 
it was a compliment to me that they chose me to, to be the guy they, they thought was a good person to represent, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And, um, no, um, no, but that's awesome that, again, it's like uh, listening to your story, uh, looking at all those these great people, um, and like in, in the things that you are doing as a consequence of all that is that you're returning that kindness back into the world by 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 start starting your charities, by helping build homes and, and things for those more fortunate. And I think it's in a it's attributed to all the, the good fortune that you had yeah. along the way. It's like tag, you're it. Like my love for the country was like tag. Now you're it. And they returned mm -hmm. their love supporting me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Now it's my turn again. And I, I know I know the best way to return it is charity work out there. Yeah. So my, my final question um, um, before we conclude the, the entire interview is what, what kind of advice will you give any young person from any walk of life that that really has doesn't know exactly what they want to do with their life? They, they might have come across obstacles. And and and. And eventually, you know, you, we want to give them the advice of how to overcome those and how to find their place in the world, find their lane. What kind of advice will you give to those people? I, you know, I always regret not being a great student, first of all. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I, I wish I just majored. I wish I was just reading every day since I was a kid. I think I think the best major, I think if you don't know what you want to be, my, this is always my advice, just go major in literature, major in English. Like just learn how to speak well. You can get any job if you're really articulate, you know, mm -hmm. you can, uh, you can just do anything and then keep studying, reading, traveling, meeting people, doing whatever you think you want to do. And then it's, and then what you, what you were born to do, hopefully pops up. doesn't pop up for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Most people, I think a lot of people aren't doing what they're born to do. I don't know if I'm born to do comedy. I don't know. But I feel like I pretty much am to, born to do what I'm doing right now. You know, it's it's close enough. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm cool with what I'm doing. So if it's not what I was born to do, okay, maybe in the next life. Yeah. Just to work your ass off, study. And, and, and if you don't know what you want to be, then go to school. Just keep taking different classes. Mm -hmm. You know, there's nothing wrong with being smarter. Yeah. And then you'll find something. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know? awesome it's good advice so have you found your happiness oh no no i find moments moments yeah yeah, yeah do yeah, we yeah. ever really find our happiness well happiness is not a permanent state exactly. you know it's well, and i think that's I, what have, you I don't like performing on the cruises all the time i don't like it I, I have to do it it's my job i have moments on the ship where i'm you know when i'm on stage great mm -hmm. but i'm not yeah yeah and i have to do it so i could go to dr every three months because i'm not making money on my social media which people think i am yeah, yeah. so i got to work here to travel there you know yeah. it's crazy yeah. i put money on an apartment there so i will have an apartment in 2023 there but i will be airbnb the hell out of that yeah yeah <laughs> hell yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> whatever so it takes all my savings in an apartment there yeah so that doubt my love for the country i put everything i've worked my ass off here yeah. in their economy you know wow. so, awesome that's nice. Yeah. It's an American mm -hmm. owned building I bought. I didn't really research that, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just thinking back. now, right? Thinking back. No, just, just reflecting now. back. Just reflecting. came up. <laughs> reflecting on it. Well, Max, we really yeah, appreciate it. My goal now is to learn my whole act in Spanish. Sorry. My goal no. I'm trying to learn my act in Spanish. I want to get an hour and do a huge tour. 
Great. Um, yeah. 15 shows of Spanish. I'm up to like 20, 25 minutes. But, you know, I need more. I need to do it often. I can't do it here at all. There's nowhere. So I go to DR, do like five shows every three months. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing like 30, 50, 100 shows a month here. It's just luckily mm-hmm. I've done it so long that I, when I translate the joke, I know the timing of it and I can pretty much pull it off. Right. But it's yeah. I wish I was a club here in Spanish. I could do every day. I would get an hour quick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I want to do. That's my, well, my if you come down to Florida, you know, Miami, Florida, Delaware area, you'll get your practice. Stuff to do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's more stuff to do there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Lots to do. Yeah. yeah. So, Jason, we really appreciate your time. This is really insightful. It was Thanks. nice that to was meet fun. you. Hopefully we'll get to meet you when we go to New York. So, I mean, we go to New York frequently. So, yeah. So we'll um, hang out. Yeah, yeah. That would be really nice. Maybe catch maybe catch you in a, in a private comedy. I don't know. Yeah, Come to a show. Did you enjoy this episode? If so, make sure that you subscribe, like, and leave us a comment. Also, make sure you check us out on our website at asoulsquest.com. 